Hello, and welcome to the MS for Mama podcast. I'm your host, Abby Halberstadt, happy wife, mama to 10, Bible-believing Christian. And before we get going on our last podcast before Christmas Day, I want to remind you one more time about our podcast host, Milk and Honey Jewelry. They create beautiful heirloom pieces to last a lifetime and even something that you can pass down to your children out of your own breast milk or formula from the time that you spent feeding your little one. If you would like something unique and gorgeous to remind you of that special time, you can use my code ABBY, A-B-B-I-E, for 15% off at www.milkandhoney.jewelry. All right. So we've been talking about Christmas and I'm laughing because, and I was laughing with my son, Ezra, who edits these podcasts about the fact that I said something to the effect of, I probably won't do a whole lot of seasonal content back when I was doing my um, thankfulness post for Thanksgiving, you know, just because it's Thanksgiving, just because it's Christmas, you probably shouldn't expect me to just talk about those things or to approach them topically. And I have proceeded to do an entire series on Christmas. But that aside, I wanted to finish up with just something lighthearted and fun, both because it's nice to mix up the heavier episodes with lighter episodes sometimes, but also because y'all, it is the end of the year. My brain is mush. I have a child that I have been um, battling with with a sickness for several days. And I think we're finally on the mend and obviously praying like crazy that we don't end up with anybody else that gets it. Um, and we, we literally had a garlic and honey swallowing party this morning in our house. I lined everybody up. I literally labeled plastic spoons with, uh, their initials. And then I chopped up a ton of garlic into tiny little pieces. So if you don't know about this trick, it's the easiest sickness fighting trick in the world. Highly suggest if you have a virus or if you have a bacterial infection, um, you can fight off mastitis with it. You can fight off ear infections with it, the common cold, um, anything bacterial. It helps a ton. So garlic has some antiviral properties, but it's especially antibacterial, very potently so. And, um, if you want to just be hardcore, you can just chop up a clove of garlic and swallow it like it's a pill, but to make it a little mellower, you can also hide smaller pieces in a spoonful of honey. So we have organic honey at our house. If we had local, like raw honey, that would be even better, but we just have organic honey at our house. And so I got all these plastic spoons. I labeled the plastic spoons with everybody's initials. So I would know who used what, and we weren't constantly dirtying new spoons. Cause I've already told them I am planning on giving this regimen to you each day. And, um, <laughs> and everybody took turns getting some chopped up garlic in honey on a spoon that you just swallow. So every time I talk about this super easy trick, I feel like there's just not much to explain, but I get questions. Do you chew the garlic? Typically? No. Um, it's pretty potent stuff, like I said, and it's very kind of spicy depending on your preferences and your taste buds and how your body reacts to it if you chew it. So I just literally pop it in my mouth, tuck my tongue back and swallow as quickly as possible. It doesn't bother me at all. Some of my kids have to really fight to get it down, but even my four-year-old could do it. I didn't actually try it with my two-year-olds. Oh, wait, I don't have two-year-olds. My three-year-olds, they turn three in September. Come on, catch up, Abby. Um, I didn't try it with them. But 
they might do okay. I think they would notice little flecks of garlic in there and start kind of feeling those with their tongue and, and fight me on that, but I could be wrong. So that is a great tip. And um, we I have the spoons all kind of laid out in a little pattern, <laughs> like a flower on a plate. And we're going to do it again tomorrow because we do not want to be sick this Christmas. We also lined up and took all of our favorite um, earthly tinctures. If you haven't heard of earthly before, they are a fantastic wellness brand with super clean ingredients, very simple ingredients, high quality ingredients, and our family loves using them to keep us healthy and to fight sickness when we have it. So we all lined up and we took our earthly tinctures and I will put a, a link to earthly and a code for you in the show notes. If you guys want to check those out, because those are a favorite in our family as well. So those are my two just kind of bonus sickness fighting, super simple pieces of advice, because I know that's the season that we're in. Um, and then the rest of it was just an explanation for, I just feel kind of fuzzy brained. I just don't feel like I can tackle anything super deep today. So we're going to finish talking about Christmas with some favorites from me. And then I know that podcasts aren't necessarily as interactive. If you watch on YouTube or Spotify and watch the video version of this, then you'll be able to leave me comments back telling me what your favorites are, but maybe we can just kind of participate and I'll just imagine you chatting with me about this topic. So talking about my favorite Christmas traditions, my favorite Christmas media, um, my, just, just the things that I love about the season. I thought it might be fun. I get these questions on what do you want to know Wednesday when people are sending me kind of the more lighthearted ones, um, you know, regularly every week on what do you want to know Wednesday? It's kind of, what are your thoughts on these kind of complex biblical issues? Like head covering or circumcision or whether it's biblical to take birth control or how many kids I should have or how do I submit to my husband or how do I interact with family members who have completely different values? I mean, they just are, are often multi-layered and require just prayer and discernment. And so sometimes when they're like, hey, Abby, what's your favorite Christmas treat? Or, hey, Abby, what's your favorite Christmas movie? I, um, I don't necessarily always answer those. Sometimes I do. So I'm just going to put them all right here. Let's just, let's just go for it. So let's start with my favorite Christmas tradition. And I've described to you already in pretty good detail what our Christmas day looks like. Um, but probably just the whole day, just, just everything that happens on Christmas day, because it involves our family at home, not running off anywhere, not having to, to, you know, try to figure out naps in a, in a different location. And, and I, I love going and visiting our family, but there's just something about the fact that Christmas day is all day in our pajamas. Um, we eat, I don't think I talked about what we ate for lunch. Not that it's so very important, but we eat that stuffed fringe toast that I described to you. And if you haven't, um, heard me describe that, I talk about that in the second part of this Christmas series where I talk about our family traditions. We eat stuffed French toast for breakfast, and then we do a charcuterie board for lunch. And so I'll buy a bunch of fun meats and cheeses and fruits and jellies and cream cheese and crackers and nuts. And we make this really pretty board and the girls love doing that with me. Um, now keep in mind, some of these are fairly new traditions. I did not make big, pretty charcuterie boards and ours aren't super fancy, but 
there's still quite a few elements that we put together. And I didn't make boards like that when I had little bitty kids and they would have loved it. I mean, snack food is everybody's favorite, right? Kids or adults, but it would have felt probably a little too much at the time when I only had small fingers, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe the thought just hadn't occurred to me yet because as I'm saying that I'm like, actually that can be something that a five-year-old would help with pouring nuts in a bowl, you know, an eight-year-old can definitely cut the tops off of strawberries and help you arrange those. But anyway, my girls are at a really fun stage and they really enjoy helping me put that charcuterie board together. And then my middle boys do as well. And then the babies enjoy, you know, grabbing a chocolate almond when we're not looking or eating all the strawberries before we get a chance to put them on the, on the board. So we do a charcuterie board for lunch. And then we typically do soup for dinner, just stick it on the stove, let it simmer it's so warm and cozy. Sometimes it's pretty warm and cozy outside as far as temperatures go. We've literally had Christmases where it's 84 degrees outside. It's looking like the forecast is calling for 65, 68 degrees somewhere in that range. So we're not having a white Christmas. We're not even having a chilly Christmas, I don't think. But we can, you know, blast the AC and pretend like it's necessary to have cozy warm soup on the stove. Um, we stay in our pajamas all day, like I mentioned. We open stockings and we do um, a reading of the Christmas story and we open presents together and we play games together and we take naps and it's just that whole day is kind of just our um, we have a new pastor at our church and I'm going to just drastically and catastrophically misquote him probably <laughs> but he uh, he said something to the effect that why do we give gifts? Why do we do these celebratory things at Christmas, if not as a reflection of the gifts that the Lord gives us, of the gift of his son? Of And I know that that's a, not a new concept, and he honestly expressed it more eloquently than I'm doing right now. But the way he worded it was just such a sweet reminder of we do these things. We celebrate the good tidings of great joy at Christmas in these sometimes seemingly frivolous ways as reminders of the fact that the Lord delights in us and he loves us and he gives us good gifts. And so we give gifts, we play games, we just do things that are so soul filling and we spend the whole day together. So as far as traditions, I could pick something specific beyond that, like baking cookies and taking them to our neighbors that I really enjoy, but just that whole day is my favorite. Um, Christmas movie. I I'm just a sucker for It's a Wonderful Life. The acting, the slightly melodramatic plot line, the, um, you know, the part where they sing Buffalo Gals, why don't you come out tonight? And the dancing when he falls, they go get closer and closer to the pool as it's opening, then they fall in. Um, the end, of course, with Clarence, and which we have a cat named Clarence, by the way, who is named after the angel in It's a Wonderful Life. And just that moment of just, supreme injustice. My husband and I just grit our teeth every single year as we watch it when Potter gets away with, you know, seemingly gets away with there. There's no true getting away with doing evil, but that he's not discovered for stealing the $8,000 from the building and loan. And uh, yeah, just, it's just such a, an evocative and heartwarming and thought provoking film. And I even thought the other week when 
I had kids plunking out things on the piano and running through the house screaming. And I was in a grouchy mood. And I was reminded of that time when George, it wasn't just a grouchy mood that I was in. It was, there were stressful things going on. And I was thinking about that moment and It's a Wonderful Life when George comes home and he's so stressed about losing the money and people are playing piano and his wife is making food and the house is decorated and everybody wants to talk to him at once because they're so excited that daddy's home and it's almost Christmas time and they're in such happy moods and he's completely preoccupied with his own cares and his own worries and understandably so, you know, he's, he's not in a celebratory mindset because who would be when you're worried about your business going under, worried about somebody going to jail, maybe you're going to jail. Um, and he, he stomps around and he ends up yelling at everybody. And in the midst of my stress in that moment, were literally a lot of the same things were happening. I think it was maybe around Thanksgiving. So we were getting ready to go see family and we were preparing food and somebody was playing piano. Somebody was yelling way too loud about something. And I felt my stress levels rising. And that, that scene came to mind. And it reminded me like George, when he loses all of that, finds that he would have given anything to get it back. And then of course he's granted that opportunity to start again. And it was so cool that remembering that scene from that movie was impactful enough to change my mindset and my attitude in that moment. So I do think it's a nostalgic movie. I think that there are aspects of it that are pretty unrealistic, obviously, but I just don't care. I love it. And it can be really helpful because the perspective of we are only given, this world is not our home. We are not living for now and everything we can get out of it. We are truly only given one opportunity to live for the Lord in this life. And may we use it for his glory and may we not get so caught up in the cares of this world there. We are unable to see the eternal impact that we are actually making as we live for him. I know I said, I wasn't going to get deep, but you know, that's pretty deep y'all. Um, and then favorite Christmas song. Um, this changes. I think my favorite Christmas song of all time is probably Oh Holy Night. Um, our kids are in a Christmas choir and they performed it in this beautiful high ceilinged Presbyterian church with, you know, beautiful carved things on the wall and a huge organ in the background. It was just a really majestic setting and the acoustics were on point. And they sang Oh Holy Night and I don't cry super easily, but I find that I tear up more easily. The older that I get, the more kind of deeply I feel things, the more I recognize the weight that things have. And so as they were singing Oh Holy Night um, and their voices were soaring and just praising Jesus in this gorgeous harmony, because they they work really hard and they they sound very polished. It's really, really beautiful. Um, I found myself tearing up and just being so thankful for the men who wrote A Holy Night. There was a man who wrote a poem and then another man who named Adolf Adam, who wrote the music and the score for it. And yes, I 100% had to Google that just now because I did not just know that off the top of my head or remember that for, from some, you know, music history lesson. Um, and just being so thankful for their talent because that's probably my favorite. That said, there is a more modern song, more current song. I think it's pretty recent called Oh Come All You Unfaithful, I believe is the name. 
that I have been walking around humming constantly. It's really gorgeous words. And um, in fact, I'll, I'll read them to you because I think they might be encouraging to you. Um, yeah, it's by Sovereign Grace. And it says, Oh, come all you unfaithful. Come weak and unstable. Come know you are not alone. Oh, come barren and waiting ones weary of praying. Come see what your God has done. Christ is born. Christ is born. Christ is born for you. Oh, come bitter and broken. Come with fears unspoken. Come taste of his perfect love. Oh, come guilty and hiding ones. There is no need to run. See what your God has done. Christ is born. Christ is born. Christ is born for you. He's the lamb who was given, slain for our pardon. His promise is peace for those who believe. He's the lamb who was given, slain for our pardon. His promise is peace for those who believe. So come, though you have nothing. Come, he is the offering. Come see what your God has done. Christ is born. Christ is born. Christ is born for you. Um, honestly, that song probably is going through my head so much because of what I talked about last week with this not being the most Christmassy Christmas for our family. Um, and how that is not necessarily a bad thing, that it places our focus not on quote, creating magic, but on the true reason for the season and that Christ has come for those who are just not feeling it for those who are emotionally struggling, for those who have been placed in great physical pain and struggle. Yeah, there's just lots, lots wrapped up in that. So that's the song that's just been impacting me the most lately. As far as Christmas treats, um, we make a really simple, we call them, um, what do I call them? Kiss cookies, I think. Chocolate, oh, shortbread kiss cookies, I think is what I've labeled them. You've probably seen them before. However, the thing that makes them, they're so yummy and so easy. But the thing that people are always excited about is that they are extremely allergy friendly. Not if you have a gluten allergy, but there are no eggs in them and there is no peanut butter. There's a version of them that uses peanut butter and a lot of people have peanut allergies. And this is just four ingredients. I believe it's sugar, uh, brown sugar, butter, flour, and vanilla. I think. And then you put a little Hershey's kiss in the center. And like I said, they're super easy. I'll put the recipe in the show notes. Um, and those are probably just my most nostalgic. I could eat them at any time of the year, but I always associate them with Christmas. Um, they're one of the first cookies that I make with my kids around Christmas time like from an early age because they're so easy and you, you make them into a little ball and then you stick your thumb in the middle of them so that there's a place for the chocolate kiss to go. And of course the kids love doing that. They enjoy being able to stick their thumbs in the dough. So, um, those maybe aren't my favorite in terms of the most decadent or the most complicated, but they just pop to mind is this lovely flaky, buttery, chocolatey treat that I enjoy each holiday season. Um, and then I don't drink coffee and I don't typically go buy hot chocolates. I love hot chocolate, but I don't typically go buy hot chocolates from, um, from shops around Christmas time or much of any other time. And like I said, we live in a very temperate climate. It doesn't really get cold, cold. It can, but if it does, it's going to do it in like January and February. 
So there's not so many hot chocolate drinking months of the year that are that are legit, but in Christmas time, I will sometimes get this um, Starbucks drink. And like I said, I don't I don't hardly ever order anything from there. But they have this praline syrup and this little praline topping they'll put on it, and that's that's my jam at Christmas time if I get that. I'm not even sure I got it once last year, maybe once, and I haven't gotten it this year. So obviously that's a pretty rare treat for me. Um, what else? Although wassail, um, wassail is great and all of my kids love wassail and we will put a pot of that on the stove to simmer and I would put a recipe down there for you in show notes, but honestly just Google W-A-S-S-A-I-L. It's spelled kind of funny. If you hadn't heard of that before, you probably have. And, um, and there are about, I don't know, a thousand different variations on it probably. So there's really no wrong way to do it, but. It's just very fragrant. Usually starts with an apple cider base and you can add all this yummy stuff to it. So that's always a treat. Haven't made that yet this year either. Again, I don't feel like this has been a particularly festive year. I feel like a lot of the traditions have fallen by the wayside of not having the time to do them or not being in the right place to do them or just not having the energy. So that's okay. That's okay. Um, what else? What are some other Christmas things that could be a favorite? Um, felt ornaments are my favorite, I would say. I've been slowly collecting felt ornaments for our tree, either just quirky little things. Um, this year we went to an event called the Wellness Collective where I was speaking and my girls came with me to help run the booth for my books and our merch that we have through a company called Paint and Prose. And... Um, we went to a store and they picked out a little felt animal each. So they each got an ornament. It's on our tree that we brought over to the rental. And I just think they're so whimsical and fun. So those are my favorite kind of ornaments, just kind of the homey looking ones that have, like I said, a bit of whimsy and you can play with the colors. My favorite color combo is kind of a play on Christmas colors. I don't like the traditional true red and green, kind of the scarlet and the forest green um, or the brighter green, but I love the combo of teal or a really deep green with blue undertones and a really pretty fuchsia or, or rosy pinkish red. And I'll use that in decorating all year round, but that's typically how my version of red and green ends up coming out. A little more jewel toned, little warmer, little funkier, little brighter. Um, so yeah, I think that rounds out our episode on favorite Christmas things. Um, I want to remind you that you still have the opportunity to nominate someone that is in need this Christmas time for our family to consider and pray about helping out very practically this season or praying for, if that's what you need, you can email me nominations at abby at emmasformama.net. I will put that down in the show notes as well. Just as a reminder um, that we are still in the process of choosing those. And I think that's all I have for you. I hope you guys have a very Merry Christmas. I am so grateful that you are here and I am thankful for you. If you enjoyed the MS for Mama podcast, I would be so honored if you would subscribe and follow along, maybe share with friends or even leave a review. And if you want more content on motherhood and biblical responses to cultural issues, be sure to follow along on Instagram at m.is.for.mama.